Verdugo back to the pen. He oh. caught it. He took it back. He's doing everything right now. Welcome to another edition of the TC and Company podcast. Tom Karen with you here in Kansas City where the dust settled, still settling. Over the last few days, the trade deadline coming and going on this road trip, and the man in the middle of it all is the company in TC and Company this week. Heim Bloom, Chief Baseball Officer of the Red Sox. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here with you. Uh, let's start with the news today. Jackie Bradley Jr. released by the team, and I know a decision like that doesn't come easily. Uh, I know what the man has meant to the organization. What goes into that decision today, releasing versus DFA? Take us through this whole process, please. Yeah, and you know, you nailed it. I mean, that's first and foremost, uh, one of the finest people you will meet in the game of baseball, incredibly important to this organization. Uh, that made it really, really hard. And these conversations are always hard, but really hard um, with Jackie. And, you know, it really came down to a baseball decision. We have a move today with Eric Hosmer coming on the roster and uh, talking it through with Alex and the staff uh, after the game yesterday, how the outlook was for the roster, how he plans to use everybody. It just really came down to a baseball decision with where we are right now that that was the right move. The trade uh, for Jackie in the offseason, Hunter Renfro uh, going to Milwaukee, you got the prospects who were still here, obviously. But when you look at how it worked out, was Jackie thrust into a role you didn't expect? I mean, how you know things obviously didn't work out if you're releasing a player. What went wrong with that deal? Yeah, there's no question. And look, I think the whole book on this trade uh, won't be written until we see uh, how those kids end up doing and how their careers progress. Uh, but you know, safe to say that we we anticipated uh, and hoped for you know a better path with Jackie, recognizing he was coming off of a tough year. Uh, he did rebound to some degree, but you know not as much as we hoped. And also, as you mentioned, just different things about the way the roster came together and the way the season progressed probably put him in a role that was a little bit different from what we envisioned. Uh, you know, so that's tough. And ultimately, uh, when the dust is settling from the trade deadline, we, we got to where we got to and, and had to make the right baseball decision and go forward. As much as, uh, you know, from my perspective, especially having made that decision, you want to, uh, you know, see it turn out well. Can't let that get in the way of making the right decision at this point. You don't make that deal without a Jaron Duran who's ready to play more. Kike Hernandez obviously coming back. Rob Ref Snyder's been real good. Uh, but talk a little bit about Duran and what you've seen for him. You've seen some ups. There have been some downs. Where is he as far as his progression into a, an everyday or close to major leaguer? Yeah, I think he's a really talented young player who's learning. Um, you, you see, and we saw it Monday, how he could completely take over a game. And, and he's shown us that, especially when he first came up. And then we've seen some rough patches, too. Now, give him credit. He is working really hard on a lot of aspects of his game. Uh, he's been spending a lot of time uh, with Will and others working on his jumps in the outfield. And he's made some really nice plays out there of late. So that is getting better. And he's an athlete, and athletes tend to improve. Uh, they tend to show aptitude. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be some great nights, and it's unfair to expect that there aren't going to be more bumps in the road. Now, hopefully, you know, as Rob and Kike come back, we should have, uh, you know, a deeper outfield to where we'll be able to take care of everybody out there and not lean too much on any one or two or, or three people. But, uh, you know, for now, uh, he's going to play a lot. It was a fairly busy 36 hours for you. Um, you said afterwards you were surprised that there weren't more deals that came together. But in the end, and we'll get into some specifics in a minute, but in the end, when you look at everything you accomplished, what did it do for this team? Where are you now compared to where you were a week ago? 
Yeah, that, that is really a good summary of it. I mean, you know, in 2021, we had two deals that really happened within the last three minutes. And often there is a late flurry where something happens right at the end. And uh, that just didn't happen this year. We just didn't line up on it. And we were talking right up until the buzzer, but just didn't line up there. But we were still happy with what we were able to do. Uh, you know, we're in, we're in a difficult position in some ways. We're not in the same position we were in a month ago. We still very much have a shot at this, but we are not in the power position that we were after the June that we had. Uh, so we had to factor that in. And, you know, really, I think what we were ultimately able to accomplish, although it was tough, and although, um, you know, especially on a personal level with Christian, it was tough, I do think we came out of it having strength in the organization and also being in at least as good a position, and I hope a better one, to get in the playoffs. He was an extremely popular player in the clubhouse. How much of that factors in before you pull the trigger like what will this do to the guys remaining on the roster it weighed on on all of us and especially me really heavily uh going into it it was something we talked a lot about just lining things up and what if we get an offer uh, on christian that that makes sense you know for the sake of the organization to pull the trigger on what is that going to mean what is that going to do talking with each other talking with alex a lot about it by no means was that part easy not something i take lightly at all uh, hurts more frankly not being with the club when it happens uh, i think that was just a consequence of just making sure we are all together with our people to be able to make the right decisions uh, and knowing that if something like that happened it's always easier if you can explain it face to face to the people who are closest to Christian and also to Christian. You know, I FaceTimed with him. That's not that's not ideal. I was glad I got to see him before we left Houston yesterday. Um, so that's a big factor. At the same time, uh, you still ultimately have to do what's best. Uh, this game does not take too kindly to uh, sentimentality. Uh, it is a tough game at at times, and sometimes you have to swallow hard and make the right decision if ultimately you think that the club and the organization is going to come out of it in a better place. When you make that move, and, and that sort of came out first, and then Tommy Pham's coming in the next day, the Hosmer deal, there was a lot of reaction that you're sort of going forward in one area, pulling back in another area. Are they in? Are they out? And as you said, you, you believe you still have a chance. Three games out as we sit here, you do. Um, but how difficult is it to sort of drive that middle lane, to not be all in as a buyer, not be all in? It wasn't a fire sale, obviously. You didn't move every piece you could have moved. Is that a difficult thing to, to sort of pull off? It is, and it's also difficult to explain. But we thought uh, if we were able to execute it in terms of the moves we could make, that that was going to be the best thing for the organization, that we had a chance to do right by the organization and also do right by this club and give a group that, uh, while there have been ups and downs, has a lot of talent to give that group a fighting chance at the postseason. And I think we were able to accomplish that. Now, as moves are unfolding the last couple of days, you know, you, you can't line up every possibility and push all the buttons you want at the same time. You have to make the decisions um, when the, sometimes when the other party is ready to roll or not. So we didn't know exactly what we were going to be able to accomplish and when. Uh, but all in all, as the dust settled, uh, we felt like we came out of it uh, having done what we wanted to do, which is to make sure we're not walking by opportunities that really take care of the organization as a whole, and then also making sure we're seizing opportunities to, to help this group as they push for the postseason. The ancillary fallout of moving a catcher is what it could do to the pitching staff. And I know you said that was a concern. How much of that uh, understanding of the staff did we lose with, with Christian? But clearly you thought you could recover enough of that to make the move. Yeah, nobody understands these pitchers better than Christian, uh, obviously. Um, and, and doing that in midstream, again, something you have to factor in. It, it never shows up on the back of any baseball card. It is a huge factor. Um, I, I think there were really three things that helped here. Uh, one is, uh, is Jason Veritek, uh, who is the most prepared player probably of my lifetime. 
and has brought that to coaching and just being around in the last two and a half years, I've really come to appreciate just how much work goes into it and felt that if we had to make that midstream change, we were going to be able to do that better than the average organization because of our game planning coordinator. Uh, two is Kevin Plowecki, uh, who is still here and who is uh, such a, a huge part of the fabric of our clubhouse and really helpful to the whole team, but especially our pitchers and is an amazing teammate and, uh, you know, can really, really run a game. And then, uh, you know, looking into Reese McGuire and how pitchers feel about throwing to him, he's a guy pitchers like throwing to. And even though there's, there's a lot of adjustments to make on the fly, um, you know, you feel good about having him back there. And, and uh, basically when I called to welcome to the organization, I just said you should listen to everything Jason Veritek says. He told me he has so far. So that message was received. When Christian Vasquez uh, met with us the day after, several times brought up, well, you know, I'm a free agent in the fall. I mean, does that increase the likelihood Vasquez is a, is a Houston Astro right now and will be till the end of the year? But does this increase the likelihood that you would be in the market for a catcher come this offseason? You know, I, I think, uh, you know, and obviously I can't t comment on any player who's not with us. Uh, we can only talk about our own players. Uh, but knowing we were going to be in that situation with Christian's free agency, regardless, we knew that was going to be a question this offseason, and, and it still will be. Um, but right now we have the guys we have, and let's see how the rest of the season plays out. Tommy Pham, you got him in, uh, in Tampa Bay, and I, I thought at the time he was a guy who really gave that, that leadership, that experience, that, that, that whatever it is that, that you probably needed a little more of in Tampa Bay. So he brings that here, obviously. You know the player, you know the man. What does he do for this team? Just, I mean, well, first of all, on the field, uh, it's a different kind of at-bat. Um, you know, we saw last year with Kyle what a different kind of at-bat can bring, albeit the, the two very different players. But uh, Tommy really knows the strike zone. Disciplined hitter who hits the ball really hard. Um, you know, so that's going to be a nice uh, addition to our lineup. I think, I think he brings the type of at-bat that on certain nights we have needed. Uh, but more than that, the person he is, um, He's so intense and driven. Uh, he really cares. He cares about being great, and he cares about winning. Um, and, you know, he expects everybody else to be all in with him. That's what I experienced with him that year and change that, that we were together uh, with the Rays. I think some of that's just wired into who he is. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's a really driven player, and that's, that's appealing. Both, both Tommy and Reese have had some off-field things that have made news. You knew Tommy. How much investigating into the person do you have to do before you make a deal like that? Yeah, it is important. And obviously, the deadline, things are happening in real time. Um, you know, you, you have to fast track that. Um, and it's, you know, obviously, you would, you would hope anytime you're acquiring a player, you want to you wanna clean uh, off-field history. That's not always going to be the case. So it is important to understand what went on. Um, look, guys can't change the past. You know, they don't have time machines to be able to do that. Um, so you just have to make sure you're comfortable with where the person's at and, uh, and that you're able to go forward. Uh, my son's soccer coach had a great line I use all the time. Great teams have piano players and piano movers, right? You need the grit. Uh, and, and great Red Sox teams over the years have had that grit. I mean, Johnny Gomes or Mitch Moreland or, you know, you can go on and on. Shane Victory, I mean, whatever. I've said for a couple of years there were times, it seemed like, get a lot of piano players, highly skilled, really good baseball players. But... You know, last year, Schwarber brought a little grit when you got him. Eric Hosmer brings that. Tommy Pham brings that. Do you think there's been a little something added to the clubhouse that could help this team in the last two months? I hope so. And, I, you know, I really I, I like our clubhouse. I don't think we had any issues in our clubhouse or that we were, you know, lacking motivation. In there. The motivation, from my view, is really good. But what those two guys bring in different ways, each in their own way, and I, Haas I know only by reputation, but it is an awesome reputation. 
Uh, I'm excited to be around that for the last two months. I mean, this guy has been there, done that. He is, uh, you know, beloved by, uh, you know, it's actually ironic we're in Kansas City and this will be his first time back. Right. Uh, he's a hero here, and not just because he won a World Series, it's because of what he meant to the people uh, in this organization, the people he played with, um, the people who work in this organization. Uh, I know he's beloved in San Diego, and as much as they were, I, I assume, pretty excited at what they were getting, uh, not excited to see him go because of the teammate he is and really looking forward to what that can do for us down the stretch. How did that deal come together? Uh, when did you get involved? I mean, we're all following the news in real time as much as we know. You're ahead of us, obviously, but sort of take us through how that happened, the initial deal to Washington being held up, and then you end up getting it. Yeah, sometimes we're not that much ahead because of how quickly things happen at the deadline. Uh, and it's not really my place to comment on what may or may not have happened. I only, in some cases, I only know what was reported. Uh, we had heard that Soto was heading to the Padres a little bit before that news got out in public. Um, but really, the, the part with Haas, uh, if what's rumored is true, a lot of that we were following in real time just with the rest of the world. And we had already been talking to the Padres about a number of different things, um, as we have been since I got here and I'm sure before. Um, you know, it's part of uh, actually what's fun about, uh, you know, talking to the Padres and, and how A.J. Preller works is that he is involved in everything. And so there were a lot of different permutations that had been discussed. And watching what was happening, it looked like there might be uh, an opportunity uh, you know, to, to, to get him. Uh, and uh, ultimately, it came together very, very quickly. I mean, it was probably from the moment uh, word leaked that he was not going to Washington until, uh, you know, we had a handshake agreement and we went into medicals. Definitely under an hour, maybe even under a half hour. I don't know. It's time. Time sometimes goes very quickly and sometimes goes very slowly on deadline day, but it, was, it, it happened quickly. Is that you pick up the phone and call Preller and say, hey, we might be able to get involved here. Is that how that starts? It, it can. I mean, in our the way we do it, and I think it works great also for efficiency, especially on deadline day. We have a number of different people talking to teams. Uh, some of it's relationship-based. Some of it's efficiency-based. In this case, BOH was, uh, had been talking to AJ for a while on a lot of different things and just reconnected with him uh, to find out the status of Haas, and, and things progressed very, very quickly from there. And he's a guy we've heard you link to for a while. I mean, you've liked Haas for a while. Yeah, in different contexts. I mean, there's so many. I, I said this to, uh, to the media the other day. Uh, the conversations, there's so many conversations around the deadline. I think this kind of applies probably to all 29 clubs, but it especially applies to the Padres. If you can imagine something we might have discussed with them, we probably did. Uh, there have been that many discussions over the years in so many different contexts. So everything under the sun has been discussed at one point or another. Uh, one of the reasons you come out here is to uh, to meet uh, with the team and be here. And, and Xander Bogarts obviously is the leader of this group. And I know you're not going to tell him what that uh, tell us what that conversation with him was like. But just what you've learned as the the head of baseball operations now in your time here that those conversations matter and that FaceTime matters. Take us a little through why those are important conversations that you have to have. They're huge. I mean, look. Um it's easy when you're sitting in a room and thinking about the roster to think of these guys as chess pieces. They're not. And, you know, I obviously knew that coming in. The difference was coming in, I'm new to the organization. And there's a lot of people who have been here a long time. They grew up here. They won championships here. And I'm new. And I haven't done any of those things. Uh, and I know what it feels like to grow up in an organization and have those connections. But the fact of the matter was, coming in, you know, I, I don't have those with, with the folks here. 
And, you know, then with the pandemic hitting and making it a lot harder to uh, actually, like, especially the first year plus, you're really not supposed to be around. We try not to be around. That made it even harder. So really, I, I see it somewhat as making up for lost time. And, you know, the thing that, that I take from it when uh, you, you see a reaction like that is it comes from a good place. He cares. He does. He cares about the organization. He cares about his teammates. He cares about winning. That's really, that's, that's really what he's all about. And so there's going to be emotions in the moment. There's going to be questions. And as one of the leaders of our organization, I'm accountable to him to be able to answer those questions. It's kind of been portrayed in the media over the last 24 hours, 48 hours, that uh, there could be a rift between the front office and the clubhouse. Is anything like that happening in your eyes? I don't see that. You know, obviously, I'm not going to hear everything. But, you know, I, 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 do, I know that there is always an incentive when these things happen for them to be, uh, you know, dramatized. And it's a, it's a good narrative to tell. What I will say, anytime you make a move like that, uh, you know, the trade of Vasky, there are going to be some questions in the clubhouse. There's going to be some, some emotions. People are going to be upset. Um, you can't expect to make a move like that and not have that happen. You just have to be accountable for it to be able to address it, to be able to explain what you're thinking. And, uh, you know, th that's really important. And I think then people can go forward. Um, you know, in the moment to assume that you're going to be able to take away those emotions. I, th I think you'd be crazy to assume that you could. We didn't. You know, we knew that one would hurt. Um, and so, you know, that emotion, I don't call that a rift. I just call it the emotions you would expect from doing something like that. And if I were in their shoes, honestly, in the moment, I'd have had the same reaction. In the end, J.D. Martinez is still here. Nathan Avaldi is still here. Pending free agents who you could have moved. And, and I was on something when it, 4 o'clock came and went and said, you know, so it, it wasn't a fire sale. Because a fire sale is you get the most you can get for each of those guys, but you move them. You get what you can get. There have been reports that the asking price was high on players like that. Is that sort of what you said to? If we can get this, we'll do what we have to do. But if you're not going to meet it, we're not going to give them away for nothing. Yeah, that, that, that's actually a pretty good summary. I think that was how we did justice to the position we were in. I think the position that we were in, unfortunately, we wouldn't be doing the right thing for the organization if we didn't listen. Uh, and, you know, we decided to set the bar in a place that we felt was pretty high. In the case of Vasky, uh, we liked those two kids, and we thought that the Astros met it. Um, but we set it high because we do think this group has a chance. And even though the club was going to look a little different, we were determined to find ways to also add to the group, even if we move someone, uh, to where we could still honor that chance and give them that chance. And I recognize it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. It's not necessarily that satisfying. But the reality is we are not in a very satisfying position. And you know, I, I feel, especially in Boston, when you get a chance, even the chance that we have now, that's a real chance to compete for a postseason spot, that's precious, man. You don't throw that away for nothing. Um, at the same time, you can't walk by the right, a good opportunity for the organization. So we, were, we, were, we probably made it harder for ourselves to try to accomplish both of those things, but ultimately we, we feel that we did. Um, it led to a very chaotic couple days, a painful couple days. There's no question about that. Uh, but as the dust settles and, and hopefully this group clicks and we see what the new guys bring, you know, I think we're going to go forward in a pretty good place. Two last things. One, you didn't help the bullpen in the end. You didn't add any pieces. In fact, you, locked, you lost Jake Diekman. Uh, but how concerning was that? You know, when you're looking at what this team might be able to do, every contender usually wants to add relievers. So was that a disappointment out of this that you weren't able to add to the staff? You know, I, I, I don't want to uh, – I don't want to say disappointment because we do feel we have talented guys here, even if some of them are showing those results and some of them are not. But there's no question it was something that we 
would have liked to add. We were in conversations on, on any number of guys, ultimately just didn't feel like we lined up on something that made sense. Um, tough calls, some of them close calls. Uh, we didn't want to do something just to do something and you know be able to say, hey, look, we got one, if we didn't actually feel like it was a good deal for the organization. We didn't want to go after somebody that people have heard of if we didn't think he was actually better than what we had. Um, you know, I know last year, for instance, uh, I think there was some disappointment that we, we pulled Austin Davis instead of a couple more famous lefties who changed hands. We liked him better than, the, than those guys. And I think the results since then have validated that. So we wanted to make sure we were still making good baseball decisions and not just doing something to check a box. Uh, it was something that we would have loved to, to have added if we could find the right guy and the right deal. Uh, and we talked about a lot of different options, talked to clubs about a lot of different options. Ultimately, we didn't see something that we actually thought was going to make us and the organization better. I'll ask you finally, and uh, it's an old ploy I do, but I'm going to let you talk directly to the fans here because I think fans, you know, you're, you're, I'm sure you're hearing it. You read, you know, don't get on Twitter, uh, but I try not to. But there's a lot of questions about where this team's going. And that makes sense because last October you were two wins away from the World Series and you're sitting here on the outside trying to fight into the wildcard race. But what do you say about fans who are questioning where this organization is headed? Well, it's, you know, it's hard to answer that generally without obviously knowing uh, and understanding their questions. What I would say, you know, is after last season, uh, we were talking to the media and I was asked about, you know, taking that next step. And I said, look, it's not like we get to start over with our two to one lead in, in game four and go from there. We have to earn it all over again. So we, we the, the baseball world is not going to give us any credit for how far we got. We got there, in my opinion, chiefly because we were, we were trying to do this the right way. We understood, you know, I understood when I got here, the organization had had a lot of recent success, but was kind of at a point where in order not to fall off a cliff, we were gonna have to think a little long-term and to try to rebuild the talent base of the organization while still winning at the major league level. Obviously in 20, that just wasn't possible. Too many, we took too many hits. 21, I think we were able to do that. Uh, you know, we won a lot, we didn't win the whole thing, but we got damn close. and. Uh, we were able to do that while, while still adding talent to the organization. That's a hard thing to do, uh, but that is what we're trying to do, and we're trying to do it so that we can get to this endpoint of being a complete team, a championship contender every year. That is the endpoint. Whatever we do, it is always with that in mind. Every single move we make, every single thing we do is always held up against that. How can we get to be a World Series contender every single year? Because ultimately, that's what our fans deserve. That's what they want. That's what they're paying for, and that's what they deserve. So that is what our, the end point is with every single conversation we have, every single move we make, the things that we did this year, whether they've worked brilliantly or not, we're all done with that in mind, and that's how we're going to continue to operate. Do you feel this week kept you in that direction? I do. Um, for the reasons that I said, you know, I, I, I think we have strengthened our chances at the postseason, and I think we've also uh, bolstered our organization. Uh, to where, you know, I understand it's, it's, it's a tough needle to thread. It's just that's the position we're in right now. We're unfortunately, we're, we are in a tough position, but we have a shot. And we wanted to honor that uh, while still taking care of the organization. And, and I feel that we have, and we'll get to see how it plays out. All right, we shall. We appreciate the time, Heim. Thanks for the visit. Yeah, you bet. Heim Bloom, the company in this week's TC and Company uh, podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next time.